Hello everyone, this is Tim Dodd. Welcome to the Believer's Faith Challenge podcast. Thankful to give witness to tens of thousands, yes, and to the millions that believe it. And believes and I believe that God's gladly lived a packet until all around the world it's been circulated. Hello everyone and welcome to the podcast today. This is the Believer's Faith Challenge podcast where we report on the works of God all over the world as relates to the end time word. Greetings, friends, and welcome once again to the Believer's Faith Challenge podcast. Brother Mark Aho with you here today. And once again, I say this every time, but we've got an exciting podcast today. I hope you enjoy it. Thank you, Brother Mark. We're, we're recording with Brother Mark for the first time live and in person in the new studio, which has been put together here at Cloverdale Bible Way. Yeah. And the reason that we're recording live and in person is, unfortunately, because we're saying goodbye to Brother Mark. This is his last podcast with us. Brother Mark has been running the podcast and been uh, organizing it, editing it, doing every little uh, thing that needs to be done in the podcast. And while I've just kind of been in the background doing interviews and and uh, the uh, mission side of it, and we sure have appreciate, appreciated it over the years. So today's podcast is entirely about Brother Mark Aho. So we want to welcome Brother Mark Aho now as a de- as a guest oh, to the Believers Faith Challenge podcast. So welcome, Brother Mark. <laughs> Thank you, Brother Tim. <laughs> now, Brother Mark is no stranger to Believers Faith Challenge reports. Um, Brother Mark has worked with us in missions, and I can't even tag the first year that you begin to work with us. Mm. But uh, you know, going way back into, I'm thinking. 2015, 16 era, maybe begin to help us with uh, articles and things. Yeah, I, I think I actually had some articles before that, before you were even the director, Brother Tim. Okay. The odd article. But really, I think about 2014 mm-hmm. was when I was making the transition into helping here at Missions. Right. Now, Brother Mark, for people that don't know, uh, was a deacon here at Cloverdale Bible Way and uh, also is a writer, Uh, he's a singer, a musician, he's also a songwriter, and uh, I think one of your songs that people will recognize the most is, uh, what what is the title of it, Winds of Faith, what is the title? Winds of Faith. Okay, yeah, Yeah. set your wings wings. Winds of Faith. Yeah, Yeah. and uh, that is truly an inspirational song, Um, and so... How long have I'm gonna I'm gonna go right back into your history now? I'm gonna okay. say um, songwriting has been your uh, thing, and I know you've written novels and and uh, um, historical fictions and different things over the years. Um, now, songwriting has been from your youth, or how, how? Well, you know, songwriting for me. I, well, let's back up. Music in general, I think it was something the Lord gave. To me, the way you would give a puppy a chew toy, <laughs> because uh, as a young man, I had um, <clears throat> I was kind of confusing to myself, and I had a lot of inspirations and didn't have a lot of opportunity to use them, and undeveloped gifts, and I could be kind of scattered. And the Lord gave me music, I think, as a way to settle me down, 
and get my mind, my spirit, my life in order so that he could use me for other things. Mm -hmm. And so music was a friend early in life. You know, um, I grew up with music. My mother was a piano teacher. There was always music in the house. And I picked up the guitar and I started writing songs. And some of those early ones were really bad, (laughs) Brother Tim. That's how it starts. But over time, you know, they got a little bit better. And, um, you know, you asked about Winds of Faith, and that's that's one that that people know. To me, it was kind of a surprise. It was a kind of a quick song. I wrote really fast, literally on a on a paper towel mm. as I was cleaning bathrooms. <laughs> mm. And I thought, well, that's a that's just a quick little song. I didn't think there was that much inspiration there, but at that particular time, the choir here at Bible Way was looking for material, and I just kind of did a quick recording and passed it off to them. And what do you know? They did it. They they sang the song. So that's kind of how the song got out there. I I know uh, it's it's uh that particular song is kind of, you know, you, in a songwriter, you can write a lot of songs, and I'm just saying from my observations, I have no knowledge of it, hmm. but I observe songwriters write songs, and some songwriters are pro- prolific, but a song comes along that becomes a signature song, right? and right. it kind of establishes that this songwriter can catch the inspiration, hmm. and people will hmm. sing it for worship, we... We continually sing it here at the church, and I remember that the it was almost humorous uh, when we went to the men's meetings together hmm. in uh, before COVID. I'm thinking 2019, maybe 2018, 19, yeah. and uh, yeah. um, they had a brother get up and and he said, "I want to sing this song as a special," and he sang on the winds of faith, not knowing <laughs> that the person that wrote the song was sitting in the congregation. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. And then they had you, they realized that when I, I think I told Brother Barry Coffey, you know, that as we were kind of introducing the team, uh, I just said, you know, this Brother Mark, he writes songs. And one of the songs he writes is, has written, you might recognize the winds of faith. And so then I guess they had you get up and sing it later. Yeah. Yeah. Then I met that brother and he's a real fine brother. And uh, he did a nice job on the song. And I've heard so many different versions. I've heard him in different languages. You know, I, I was in Mexico, I think 2015, and a sister came up and says, you wrote Winds of Faith. I recognize your name. You know, I'd never met her before, like even in a foreign country. But right. like you say, people, you, you get known for that. Mm-hmm. Even to me, it was just another song out of maybe 40 that I've written. But for whatever reason, it it caught people's imagination. Well, it it was inspired. Really, there's yeah. no other way to say it. The yeah. Lord inspired you, and and it touched the hearts of believers around the world. Yeah, and so yeah. it's it's a it's now eternally in the annals of <laughs> of the gospel throughout the ages, mm-hmm. and so we appreciate that. And the reason I raised that and all of these subjects is sometimes people don't always realize the quality of the talent of the unsung heroes that operate behind the scenes. Mm. You know, like you were a deacon, and a deacon is kind of a person that operates behind the scenes. You know, true. They're not front and center. Yeah. Uh, whether you play a, a musical instrument, whether you're playing your guitar or whatever in a service or whatever more, those are uh, kind of unsung positions. And so, but it it shows to the people the talent that I begin to appreciate. 
mm-hmm. as you begin to develop things. Because as we pulled you into missions, uh, you were working with Brother Biskel, and Brother Biskel and I talked about it, and and we begin to say, you know what, we could use uh, some more talent to, uh, we call it develop content for missions. Mm. And just to clarify that, I don't want to monopolize this conversation, but just <laughs> to clarify it for the people, is that we don't just develop content for the sake of develop content. We develop content for two reasons. Number one is for accountability on what we're doing. So right. that if we're, if we are, if people have given to missions and we want to show them what their offerings, sacrificial offerings have accomplished, it's necessary that there be an article, a website, a, uh, be a Believer's Face Challenge report, a, a, uh, a podcast now. You know, all of these things is a way of getting that out. And number two is to share the burden yeah. and uh, yeah. to be yeah. able to share with people maybe things they don't know about and to do it hopefully in an interesting fashion. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so now you, when you came on board, I'll say you had to learn some things. Oh, sure. Um, you know, you mentioned Brother Bisco. I actually came on board because I'd, I'd lost a job unexpectedly. Mm. And uh, often what you do in that case is you, you talk to the pastor. And uh, it was unexpected. You know, I've had many jobs in my life. I've <laughs> bounced from place to place, a bit, but it was unexpected. So, and I mentioned to Brother Biscoe, you know, I'm not sure why this happened. You know, we were looking like this job would go on and it didn't. And Brother Biscoe has that way of, there's that pause. I don't know if you've ever been in that situation where he pauses and mm-hmm. he kind of looks kind of right through you for totally. like a couple of seconds. Yeah. And this must have been after the conversation you had with him. Because the next words out of his mouth was, I'm not sure this is such a bad thing, Brother Mark. Mm. And then he he got out a, a, a yellow legal pad and he started to write out a vision of various things that he thought I could do. Right. You know, and on the top of that was the word missions. I remember mm-hmm. it very clearly in Brother Biscoll's cursive writing with blue ink, you know, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) said missions and then some other things that he thought I could do at the church. And I I started showing up, basically. I was unemployed. I started showing up, knocking on doors. You need help in this department. You need help in that department. And when when I hit Brother Tim's door, he monopolized all my time, basically. (laughs) So we've got lots you can do here. But there was a, a lot to learn. And, you know, I'd worked a little bit with some of the predecessors, but learning Brother Tim's style and uh, and putting that together with the, the vision that Brother Biskel gave me of what needed to happen, but now we're in a transition because now we're in the technology age. Right. And people are getting their information different ways. Mm-hmm. And so we had discussions, Brother Tim, well, how do we keep this... Uh, before the people, where are they going to find it? The past Believer's Faith Challenge Report, you know, the magazine, we still have those, but people are changing how they get their information and we need to transition with it. So that was in the the back of my mind too. What are the new avenues out there that the next generation is going to need us to be on or will disappear out of their view? So that was a, a learning curve too, for sure. That embarked us all <clears throat> on a... <clears throat> 
period of um, research and development, really. Yeah. We looked at Facebook. We looked at Twitter. We sure. looked at Instagram. We looked at <laughs> the pros and cons of different social media sites. We looked at different technology. We did. Um, and that launched me into something else we might talk about later. But sure. Yeah. We, we learned about all those things. Yeah. yeah. So it was, I can, I can say that, uh, and I appreciate, Brother Mark, that you gave yourself to this discovery and analysis of these different tools, and we arrived mm -hmm. at basically where we are today. Yeah. And yeah. fortunately so, that we went to technology because then COVID hit. That's right. And you couldn't cross the border. That's right. And so it became... Um, necessary that we do all of our collaboration online yeah yeah so that continued on so so it it has been good uh brother mark has has more than anybody else had an unseen hand in missions uh over the last it's becoming up eight years nine years almost 10 years now yeah and uh we sure appreciate that and and uh, we know you're you're going new directions, and we'll get to that in a little bit. But uh, let me ask you about missions and your experiences in missions. Sure. You, I think in 2000 was it 19 or 18? You came to Uganda. 18, that was 2018. Yeah, yeah, it was the Uganda trip. For sure. What was your impressions of being there? Um, seeing what was going on. You know, of all the things we did, if I were going to pick out a couple of highlights, that that trip would definitely be one of them. You know, you can read about in the history of the church great revivals that happen, but to actually go there and see something while it's happening, most people can't do that. Exactly. They may wish they could, but the Lord allowed me to do it and to see it. And not only that, but I also have a mission that we have to somehow communicate what's happening here to all the people that can't go and realize this awakening is real it's vast, it's explosive, you know, and it's not exaggerated. And we ended up making a, a documentary out of that, Brother Tim. And that was a, a new thing, too. I'd done little video clips before. But a whole two-part documentary of a, a couple of hours, you yeah. know. And we're so lean here, we don't have a big staff. So, so I'm, the, I'm the cameraman, I'm, I'm the editor, I'm the audio editor, you know, I'm the producer, I'm the writer, I'm putting all this together and dumping it on Tim's desk and saying, well, is this, <laughs> is this going to work? <laughs> you know, and, and then getting instructions <laughs> from me, I think you need to change this and I think yeah, you need right. to change that. And <laughs> so that was a learning process too, but you know, that's been watched yeah. all over the world and that, yeah, that Uganda trip for that reason and other reasons that a whole collection of highlights that will, I'll take that with me the rest of my life for sure. And, and there yeah. was a song you wrote there. Was that on the for the documentary? Well, that song um, you wrote. No, the no the song that we wrote was based on um, something that Fred said later, and right. we did a little fundraiser out of the song. Okay, so that's yeah, yeah. Mukama, you know. Yeah, yeah. And I got him to give me the the Luganda words for it. So, but that wasn't part of that documentary. That was a separate project. So. so you were in Uganda. It was left quite an impression on you, like you say. You know, the in the secular world, they don't know what revival means. Mm. They don't, you know, you've heard even recently of different things going on in the States that are, 
oh, this is a great revival. It's not a revival at all. Right. And, uh, but, you know, when you get in the middle of something that God is sovereignly doing in the country of Uganda or any other place, um, and the power of it, mm-hmm. it just sweeps you off your feet and kind of carries you along with the waves of the Holy Spirit that's moving in a particular way, doesn't yeah, it? Absolutely. It has a life of its own. Anything the world does that goes big, you can follow the promotion trail, mm-hmm. probably back to funding somewhere, you know, and then promotions, and then they put it before the people. But when God does something, you can you trace it back and where did it start? Where's the founder? Where's the money? What yeah. caused all this to happen? Yeah, exactly. You know, it's just a so life of its own. It traces yeah. only back to heaven. Yeah. Amen. That's very true. Now, you've written articles. You've worked on the BFCR. Mm-hmm. Um, I was thinking about different aspects of missions. Anything stand out in your mind? Do you have a favorite article, a favorite BFCR, a favorite time frame? Well, I'm actually embarrassed at some of the early articles because I was in novelist mode at that point. And I Mm -hmm. go back and read some of those and I think, how did anyone ever make it to the end of some of these? You know, there's no room even for photographs on those pages. And so I had to learn. We've only got 16 pages. We've got to get this important story across in a couple of paragraphs. So uh, some of the early ones, yeah. They, you can chalk those up to Mark learning. <laughs> well, I think, well, I think we, um, like the Bible says, iron on iron, you know, friend sharpeneth the countenance of his friend, you know. It's, yeah. it, we spent time going back and forth with regard to article layout and introduction especially, yeah. capturing the people in the beginning of an article and because yeah. you were in novelist mode. That's absolutely true. And yeah. And, and the, there's no end to that book. You just write as many pages as you want. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. But I think you. Do, I think you so, learned well, and I think you. Um, you were a, a great blessing. I don't think so. You were a great blessing, oh. and uh, you know a lot of the articles people don't understand. Um, I don't want to take any um, liberties here, but if I can say, uh, sometimes the China articles needed a little editing. Oh, yes. That's interesting because Brother Murphy, he writes very well in his Chinese English, but we got to make sure everyone else could understand it, but still make sure it sounds like Brother Murphy, not like Brother Mark. So, you know, he would get his thoughts out as best as he could, and I would try to make sure this is understandable, but we still are hearing Brother Murphy's voice. We kind of so. joke around in the office, isn't that we have to change it from Chinglish to English? That's right. Yeah, and uh, it's going to leave a little Ching in there. Though, yeah. <laughs> so we, Brother Murphy, has great content. Sometimes he just needs a just a little bit of editing help, as we all do. As we all do. As we all do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, the podcast came out of our um, desire to create some content that would be uh, maybe venture into new areas and mm-hmm. begin to introduce to the people some things about missions that are really not, we're really not able to put into a um, article or yeah. a magazine or sure. any other format. And I, I think it's been successful. I've, I have feedback from people 
that say they love the podcast. Some say we need to make them longer hmm. because they like to listen to them at length. I don't think that that's, I don't think that we'll be going that direction just because I think if it's too long, people won't listen to all of it. The majority of people won't listen to all of it. And, you know, we try to strike a balance and we've done different things. We've done uh, announcements on the podcast. We've done reports from the field. Uh, I've recorded, I think, from Uganda right. onto the podcast. Right. Um, we've done uh, historical memorial hot podcasts. We've, we did one on Brother Ernie Villanueva. We did one on Brother Harold Hildebrandt when they passed away. Brethren that were close to us and had an impact on the mission field, not just as a memorial towards ministers in general, but towards mm -hmm. brothers that worked in missions and in particular were close to what we did. Uh, do you have a, a favorite? Do you have something that stands out to you from the podcast area? Uh, it's hard to narrow it down to a favorite. I, I would say the launch of the podcast itself outside mm -hmm. of the Uganda trip, you're talking about highlights, has been a highlight. Um, being able to do this podcast and develop a new medium. And we were looking for a way, like we mentioned before, and we were ruling things out. No, we don't want to be on social media. We don't right. want to be on Facebook. We don't yeah. want to be on Instagram. We don't want to lead people to these platforms that have a, a mixed, you know, there's the goal of the platform and your goal trying to cooperate. And those are two different goals. Right. And so we ended up with the podcast and it works so well because we have full control over what goes on it. You know, mm -hmm. we yeah. decide. And when you see a photograph of someone, it's different than just reading text. Mm -hmm. Well, in a podcast, you can hear that person's voice. So that makes it come alive to the listener. They hear the person's voice. And, you know, I, I could pick out the Ernie Villanueva podcast was really special. Mm -hmm. And I actually, I think that was one of our most listened to of all time podcasts. Mm -hmm. But for me, it was very special because we do little snippet stories and they're all inspirational. But that's a whole life. You know, yeah. devoted to the Lord, and and the Harold Hildebrandt podcast was like that too. So those stand out to me as being very special. Yeah, and those were the most difficult, only because, yeah. like you say, it's a life. Yeah, you know, you're not talking about a specific event or something that's currently happening. You're trying to highlight the the power of the Holy Ghost in a life that that furthered the redemptive purpose of God in this age. Yeah, and to do that in sixty minutes uh, is almost or twenty or forty. Yeah, yeah, exactly, almost impossible. And then bring in some other voices about it, but but I think it was very worthwhile. And uh, I agree with you. Those are, although those are stressful podcasts because mm -hmm. you you'd certainly don't want to come across in the wrong way yeah. in talking about somebody's life, sensitive to the family, sensitive to the friends, all of that. But uh, even the Brother Harold Hildebrandt podcast, the, I had good reviews from the family. Yeah. And right. I was appreciative of that. We tried to be very, very respectful. As I've preached here and other places, it's God in badger skins. Yeah. You know, whether yeah. it be Brother Hildebrandt, whether it be Brother Ernie that have gone on, whether it be us that are sitting in the room, it's still mm. God in badger skins. It's true. Sometimes the badger skin makes it so it's hard to see the God behind the skin. <laughs> But, uh, Especially when it's yourself. <laughs> yeah, we're hard, that's 
That's but a, the, the other thing, you know, that's good about them is though you mentioned it, it's current. I mean, hmm. you're, you're not waiting six months for the next Believer's Faith Challenge report. If something happens that almost that next week, we can have a podcast on it. So we're really bringing people right into the moment. Mm-hmm. And very true. Now, um, you've been involved in missions somewhat, but your, your life is taking a turn. And yes. uh, not just because you, you're now attending Brother John Andy's church in the States. That's not what we're speaking of, but that's, that, though that is what you're doing. Um, but the other side of it is your outreach. You're, you're reaching out and uh, moving. You have some future plans in a new ministry. Yeah, and a things. Yep. You've kind of expressed that already to me. And why don't you just share that with the people, what you're doing and sure. uh, how that can be of benefit to the bride of Jesus Christ. Yeah. And I like the way you set that up because we're announcing it now. But the Lord, the way the Lord deals with me, a lot of times there's been a lead up to it. And even, I would say even three years ago, I was wondering how much longer am I going to be working with missions with Brother Tim? So this is before COVID. And in life, I've, I've just observed the Lord moves me from assignment to assignment. It's been that way. That's, that's normal for me. The deaconing was that way. It was a five or six year period. And then missions and the Lord leads me to another assignment. And so I started having those those inspirations uh, a few years ago. I don't know if I mentioned this one to you, Brother Tim, but I'll, I'll do that one first. The God Who Answers Back. So that is a book. It's a book of testimonies of people who have had answers to prayer. Okay. okay. Is that a new book? That uh, We published that last year Okay. as a witnessing tool. Now we use that as uh, we, we set up a booth at the local fair in order to witness. Now we observed that the way Brother Branham attracted people mm-hmm. who could believe, who were capable of believing, was he would lead with the supernatural. Right. And uh, sometimes we get so enamored with the doctrines that mean so much to us mm-hmm. that we can tend to flip that and lead with the doctrine. So we took a step back and says, let's do it the way Brother Branham did it. Let's lead with the testimonies, not of what God was doing 50, 60 years ago, but people who have had an answer to prayer right now in the last two, three years. So we made a book of those, uh, a website, and also a YouTube channel that has testimonies of those. Now, this idea, Brother Tim, for me, I think I did the first ones maybe 10 or 15 years ago. Okay. So this is going way back, but it never really manifested. I didn't have a a system that I could work in to really give it a, a good try. So with Brother John's church, we tried that. And this is the first version of that book that's available. It's on Amazon. And that's just the the testimonies from that year. Well, we've got another witnessing event coming up, and we want to update that. Okay. So I just want to put it out to the people. If you have had an answer to prayer, um, that's pretty clear, but it could be about anything. It could be financial, psychological, healing, anything in your life. It's clear that God did something for you. We want to have an updated book so that's always current. So every year you pick up the God who answers back, you're going to see current testimonies of things the Lord has done. Now, how are they going to get a hold of you? 
Uh, well, they could always email me. So for people to contact you, Brother Mark, uh, your current address is maho. M-A-H-O at bibleway.org. Okay, so that'll still be in effect for a little while. Sure. But that'll eventually, because you're sure. you're not with Bibleway anymore, you're you're with yeah. End Time Message. End Time Message Tabernacle. Okay. But that, that address will be good for a while. Okay, so sure. we'll keep that live for a little while, So, but be sure to tell people your new address when you get it. Yes, <laughs> okay? we will do that. And right. I would like testimonies from other places. I think most of these are from America, mm-hmm. but we'd like to get some from Africa, South America. It's a, it's a worldwide God out there doing things. So we'd like to be able to show people that. Now, I'm at a disadvantage because I didn't get to review the book. Oh, my. Uh, and so this is the first time I'm seeing it right now in my hands. But there, I know many of these testimonies, if not all of them. And uh, there are some wonderful testimonies in here. You've got Sister uh, Moriah Pruitt. You've mm-hmm. got uh, Brother Jason DeMars and his battle he had, I think, with COVID. It was COVID on that it one, was wasn't COVID, it? It was COVID, yeah. It was a you bad have, case. Um, Sister Beth Dingwall, of course, we know of her leukemia battles. You have Brother Ron Spencer in here. Brother Jonas Schumacher, of course, that was leukemia. And so all of these different testimonies in here, and they're very short and very readable. And, yeah, it's uh, just a page or two per testimony, a couple of pictures. And yep. so that's a, that's a very good book. And, I, and I'd say not only just by... Uh, just for what you're doing, but uh, you know, if somebody wanted to get the book, they email you. Uh, or is email it available me. publicly? It is on Amazon. If okay. you search "The God Who Answers Back," it's on Amazon. That's "The God <laughs> Who Answers Back" by Mark Aho. Yeah, and, uh, and that that could be a witnessing tool. People have ordered it from other places, and we've shipped it to them just so they can use it for witnessing. Great open door. If people believe God can do something. Then you've got a lot more open door mm-hmm. to talk to them about, well, let me tell you more about this God that does these things yeah. today in our day. Exactly, so. exactly. You know, it, and you, you highlighted that that's what Brother Brandon would often do at the beginning of a service. He would relate some of the recent supernatural things that God had, had done. Sure. And uh, uh, that certainly captures the attention of, yeah. of people that are in the service or, or listening. And of that, of course, and I, I'll maybe segue a little bit here, but I'll come back to what you've got there, is that that is the value also of a podcast because you mentioned it earlier and I was going to mention uh, when you mentioned it in that a podcast is like listening to the message versus reading the message. Yeah, right. You know, right. when you listen to Brother Branham preaching, you get the emphasis. Yeah. And, you know, when you... Uh, listen to a podcast rather than read a missions article, you get somebody's emphasis of mm-hmm. what their burden or what their experience sure. is. And so brings it to life. Yeah. We yeah. we hope that we believe that that is the experience of everybody. So carry on your, you've got your book there and then well, what else are you branching into? <laughs> I, I brought a, a few more books because I've written books here that are just resources. This is a fresh flame book. Probably people have, some people have seen that mm-hmm. where we took a lot of the, uh, the great old hymns that were written in past ages, but we added one more verse that would have truths that pertain to the message into this age. Okay. So, <clears throat> Brother Chad Lamb's church carries that. It's called Fresh Flame. Mm-hmm. Brother Chad Lamb's church is, is uh, Believer's Christian, Believers Fel- Christian Fellowship. Yeah. bcfellowship.org. bcfellowship.org is the website. It's in their resource center. Yeah, so that's, those are all singable. So, 
And we also reprinted uh, the emphatic di- diaglot. I found that that was hard to get and out of print. Well, so. you, you can leave that copy with me because <laughs> I don't even have one. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, bcfellowship.org. It's in their bookstore. Okay. So you can get those now. And we just found a PDF of it and, and made a print because Brother Branham mentions that and is mm-hmm. a useful resource. Right. So that's another thing that we have there. Uh, we also reprinted uh, A Glorious Reformation by Smucker. Mm-hmm. Brother Branham mentions that. That one was hard to find out of print. We found a digital copy of it and reprinted it. So Brother Chad has been very gracious to allow his bookstore to manage, you know. Very good. Keeping those available before the people. Okay. So, so those are just some some resources. And, and of course, you also mentioned the the Solomon's Bride series. Mm-hmm. My wife has read that. She really likes it. Well, your your wife edited this one. Oh, well, there you go. That's maybe why <laughs> she likes it so much. <laughs> this isn't the book. This is the workbook that follows the novel series that we wrote with Brother Lonnie Jenkins. Okay. And uh, that was Brother Lonnie felt that there were so many little stories, kind of like parable types through the thread story that goes through five novels. Mm-hmm. He felt like people are going to miss some of that, so you need to have another book just in case you missed it. So I called it, okay, Solomon's Bride, Behind the Veil, just in case you missed it. If you'll help me, Brother Lonnie, I'll do it. And so he agreed to do it. Okay. And that's the one that, that your wife uh, worked on the editing for us. Now, Solomon's so, Bride, the book series, is available on Amazon? It or? is on Amazon, but Amazon likes to take a lot of the money if you buy it that way. Okay, so where else can people so buy it? So if you go to BC Fellowship, to their resource center... And Brother Chad carries those books there, the Solomon's Bride series. So that's that's some fun stuff. That's a drama. Uh, it's like, I call it a typological portrait. It takes Solomon as the bridegroom and the Shulamite woman as the bride. And there's a whole story that weaves through there. There's humor. There's drama. It, it's kind of a fun read. People have liked that. Very good. So, I know my wife liked it, so yeah, it was... Uh, so that's past things. I don't know. We're going to do this podcast. I, I go, what have I accomplished in life? And pretty soon there's quite a pile of <laughs> we're not, we're, things we've done. But <laughs> We're not doing your obituary podcast yet. <laughs> okay? I hope not. So. <laughs> I hope your not. Your life goes but on. The future. Yeah, you were, you were talking about, you know, the future direction. And I'm so glad to have the God who answers back that project going. But how did this other ministry um, that we call digital holiness. How did that get started? And I'm okay, tracing that back. Stop a minute. Digital holiness. You just threw out a term that people aren't even familiar with. Yes. So we had to find a term for it, Brother Tim. And as you and I were talking about, how can we use the technology but keep people away from the dangers? Mm-hmm. So I'm also raising a family at that time. I've got three boys, and of course, everybody wants a smartphone. And there's lots of dangers out there. And at that time, I I was starting to do some ministry in South America. I had some invitations. And it seemed kind of natural because I was immersed in this with you, Brother Tim. Well, why don't we do a workshop on digital holiness, how to manage your digital life, how to avoid the pitfalls, not get caught in all the traps that people get entrapped with. Mm -hmm. So that started back in 2000. 15, and it kind of came out of that research. Right. And we did a whole series for a camp there, a bunch of young people that came, left their smartphones in a box at the start of the camp, 
And then we dived into what all these platforms are, what they do, what the dangers are, and how you can keep yourself out of trouble. So especially dealing with young people, they have been, they're getting showered from two directions, their, their school, their work, um, their social circles outside of church is immersed in these things. But a lot of times their parents, their pastor, their church is on the other side with the brakes on. Mm-hmm. And they're caught in the middle. So we really wanted to find a way that we could bring it to the young people so they would understand the dangers so they wouldn't get caught in them and they would understand them for themselves. They would understand the why. So that was the start of that ministry, and it's a huge uh, topic to study. I really immersed in it to understand, to help them, but that's Mm -hmm. how that started. Well, that didn't go away. That that seemed to be a a topic that that caught people's attention, other pastors, and they're dealing with their young people. Sometimes they're a little older. They feel like, they can't really communicate with them on that level. They might want a younger man that's more like their young people to come and talk to them on their level. So that culminated in a, I guess it was in the whole continent of South America had a convention last February, and I was invited to speak at that. And we took on the topic of digital holiness again. So that was, mm-hmm. they had young people from every country in South America, except I think Brazil, because they're mm-hmm. Portuguese. Right, right. Every Spanish-speaking country. what we wanted to do, so what I'm leading up to, is we (laughs) wanted to not just hit the topic once. We wanted to leave the young people and older ones with an ongoing resource Mm -hmm. because technology changes. Mm -hmm. So we took a survey. It was a massive survey. What are your struggles? What are you dealing with? Uh, What do you need help with? You know, and it's very clear the internet is here to stay. The young people have to use this to some extent. How do you do that safely? And we wanted to come in and say, okay, we're going to be an ongoing partner with you. We're not just going to hit you one time, but we've created a website where we're going to stay updated. And if you subscribe, we're going to give you tools. We're going to give you strategies. We're going to even um, project into the future. Here's new things that are coming. And here's the new dangers that come with them. Mm -hmm. Here's what Mm -hmm. you need to be prepared for so you don't get caught off guard. So that is a big challenge, a big assignment. And the Lord fortunately sent me a helper, Brother Brandon Kesser from Edmonton. Mm -hmm. And around his church, he's known as the Minister of Technology. Okay. (laughs) He's really sharp. You know, and I was—he had visited our church, and I shared with him the vision, and I said, "There's a real need here, but a lot of it's beyond me. Sure. I need someone to take this piece of it." And he was able to create the whole uh, website, the whole online presence, and then I would write a book that would have the concepts, and we put those two things together, and so we presented that to the young people in Chile, and okay. many, many of them subscribed. But now it's, we're making it available to anyone in the world. Everywhere you go, people are dealing with this. Young people are dealing with this. This is probably the greatest trap of our age. Oh, my. You know, the smartphone is the access to every evil thing in the world. That's right. That's right. There's no doubt about it. And if a young person is not mature enough to handle it, 
Do, you, do the parents realize that? And yeah. those just these are some of the questions. I'm not asking you for answers, but yeah. I'm just saying these are some of the the current problems that that young people get into. And it and it, of course, as we've talked in the past, you know, it attacks that particular individual's weakness. And we mm. can even bring it right up to the current time and the whole uh, debate that is beginning to happen or explode on artificial intelligence and yes. all of those things that are happening now. Uh, we have a chapter in the book on that, actually, too. Okay. It's, it's coming out. But you're, you're right, Brother Tim. It is set up to make you fail. It is optimized to make you fail, to find your weaknesses. Exactly. So that's a challenge I wouldn't want to face as a young person. So I think not only young people, but I think it might be a good resource for parents I think to so. understand the battle they're faced with. I think so. I think as a parent that grew up without smartphones, so it was largely, I'll say, uh, can I say around 2010 when smartphones began to really take off? 2007, I think, was the first. The uh, first? The first iPhone. Okay. And, and then the next two, three years, they just. They just began to take yeah. off. And, and so as a parent, I can look back and say, I wish I had not given my children, particularly mm. my youngest children, access to smartphones at such an early age. That's right. I can say that without a doubt. If I had to do it over again, I would not do it. Yeah. And there was, yeah. there was different circumstances that I was in. At the time, having lost my wife and communication necessary with the family and those kind of things. So it was, I was in a very weakened state at the time, but just the fact that I was not aware this, where this was going to take That's right. people. That's right. And I think for parents and not to, we're, the podcast is not about technology <laughs> and <laughs> smartphones and that, but, you know, just as a warning, you know, I think if you can delve in and expose many of the problems yeah. In in the light of the message of the hour. That's right. Obviously, the answer is, uh, well, let me just say it this way. We can say the answer is the new birth, but that's not that's not all of the answer in detail. That's the foundational answer. That's right. And that's right. the life that comes after that, we all put a hedge around ourselves. That's right. We all don't right. do the, I don't go to a bar. <laughs> Did you know that? I hope, I hope everybody knew that. I don't go to bars. And uh, matter of fact, when I was still uh, working in the secular world and they would have a meeting at a pub, I'd say, see you later. That's right. I don't go to pubs. That's you know, right. it, it, that was just my standard. Well, it's, but the it, Holy Ghost teaches you to do that. And, and it wasn't so, that I was scared of falling. Sure. Well, I wasn't scared of drinking. I wasn't scared of falling. But I put a hedge. Somewhere. Everybody has a line. That's right. And when it comes right. to technology, I think people need to have a line. So I want to say, God bless you for working in that area, Brother Mark. If, if you can educate one person and help mm -hmm. one person to see the dangers that they're confronted with and not be deceived by it, it would be wonderful. Give us the website. What's the website address? Well, it's choosedigitalholiness.org. Okay. And uh, if you would like the book, we're going to give the book away free to pastors um, we'll have it on Amazon and other places, but we want the ministers, we want the pastors to have it, or if you want to buy it for your pastor, sometimes like you or me, Brother Tim, we're a little bit older, but I think they would benefit from what we've learned over maybe eight years of delving into this mm -hmm. so they can understand and better help their people and then also be aware of new things that are coming. Sure. So, um, of course, you can send me an email. Uh, the book is not 
released yet. It's in its final stages, but mm-hmm. when it's done, we'd like a, every pastor that want one wants a book to have a free copy. And then the website is in development. It's going to still be a little bit rough, you'll notice, but hopefully you'll catch the, the vision of what we're trying to accomplish there. And we're going to hopefully soon have in graphic form an entire roadmap. We call it the Roadmap to Digital Holiness that will take you through how you make the choices you have to make. And we call it Choose Digital Holiness because you're choosing your own plan for yourself. It's not being imposed on you by someone else, or the truth is you won't follow it. But if you choose it, and so it's got a series of arrows where you make your choice, you make your choice on all these different areas, and then it's got a feedback loop. Okay, did your choices work? Mm. If they didn't, it loops you back around, and you make a more robust choice. Okay, I'm going to come in at this level, these levels of controls. And you keep going through that loop until you come out to the other side and say, yeah, I am now victorious in this area. Mm-hmm. So that is not on the website yet, but that's one of the things we're working on now. We wanted to have a, a comprehensive start to finish plan that a person could just walk through so they don't get to this point. Well, what do I do now? It didn't work. You know, <laughs> I, think, I think, you know, when you're dealing with young people, um, it is important that they understand that decisions have consequences. Yes. And, you know, uh, we've anybody that's been down the road as long as we have, Brother Mark, we understand that already. Oh, we've faced them. And, <laughs> and so we have yeah. reaped what we've sown in many yeah. times. And, and so hopefully we've sown good and reaped good, but sometimes it didn't seem that way. Yes. And uh, young people aren't old enough to know that, but they right. need to learn fast because technology is moving fast. Amen. That's digi- choosedigitalholiness.org. Yes. All right. Yep. So there's the address to get this information on uh, Brother Mark's new avenue of ministry in helping people to overcome, uh, really, I'll say, uh, the traps of uh, the internet, whether through, through a smartphone or some other device, I'm sure, you know, sure. you work within whatever devices yep. that's lots, there. Lots of different angles, video games, other things that we touch on there too. Yeah. Amen. There's lots of analogies that a person can go into on that. You know, it's no different than going to a doctor and he telling you you need to change your diet. Mm. You know, that's a good way to put it. It's yeah. uh, you might say, well, you know, what do, what does it matter what I eat? Well, it matters what you eat. <laughs> it's right. It very much matters what Brother you Tim, eat. Brother Tim, I think even the Holy Ghost sometimes will tell you to change your diet. <laughs> <laughs> I've prayed that way several times, and we're thankful that, you know, we're not on video here. We're, this is only audio, so oh. people can just look at me and tell, tell how slim I am by my voice. You look good, Brother Tim. <laughs> I got Thank a haircut you. just for the podcast, by the way. So. <laughs> All right. Well, we we just want to say that this has been a time that we have to say goodbye to Brother Mark and goodbye mm-hmm. in the sense of the podcast, not in the sense of person. He's yeah. still our brother and our co-worker in the gospel of Jesus Christ, and we appreciate you very much, Brother Mark. Thank you. And we appreciate your labors over the years. And personally, I appreciate you putting up with me. Mm. And uh, I know that uh, you know everybody has their unique characteristics, and I've appreciated how God has used you and blessed your efforts in the mission field. And you've been a definitely a blessing and a contributor here at Bible Believers Mission. So thank you very mm. much. And I want to say, uh, we got you a little something. Oh my, a surprise. 
It's a surprise. And uh, hopefully it's not a smartphone. It's not a smartphone, <laughs> but it's a smart watch. My, really? And so wow. we're going to lock you into your technology a little bit more. And we give brother, Amazing. brother Mark an Apple watch. I have never even used, I've never even been around someone that, and I've been curious about it. So you've got to learn the technology. So I've if got you're to learn the technology know and what learn the, the traps dangers, are. right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Praise so, the Lord. Thank you so much, Brother Tim. Well, we just want to say how much we appreciate you. God bless you. And thank you for being a part of missions all oh, these years. And may God bless your future endeavors. It's been uh, an absolute privilege. And even working with you, Brother Tim. I know you said that jokingly, but uh, for the people out there that don't know Brother Tim, I can tell you he is not a micromanager is very good at uh, just recognizing the gifts that people have and letting them operate in it. And I've felt that way. I've never felt like I was clamped down on, you know, I'd throw you ideas that you'd nix. Well, that's understandable, okay, because I'm an ideas person and not all of them are good and I need someone to nix my ideas. But not a micromanager, and it's been just really a pleasure to work with you, Brother Tim. Well, thank I mean you, Brother Mark. Sincerely. And uh, I'll this, tell my wife you said that. <laughs> and this whole season of my life, I, I think I'm going to look back on it as a, a highlight in my life to be able to work in missions with Bible believers. Amen. Well, appreciate that so much, Brother Mark. Thank you very much. Today's podcast has been a little bit different from our usual missions oriented podcast. Usually we're focused overseas. But I felt that this was a good time seeing as we were saying goodbye to Brother Mark Aho, that we take a little time and highlight that missions is not a one-man burden nor a one-man mission. But missions is the working together of the body that every joint supplies. Ephesians 4 and verse 15 and 16 says these words. But speaking the truth in love, may grow up into him in all things which is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth, according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. See, every part of the body has an effectual uh, working, that it is needing to input into the body. You know, there have been great ministers in the past. You know, uh, D.L. Moody had his Sankey. Uh, Charles Finney had his uh, brother. I don't recall his name, but there was a certain brother that would always be praying. That's all he did. He just prayed while Finney was preaching. He attributed a large part of the success of his meetings to that very brother. So we have a a great opportunity, each one of us, as we work together in these last days, Bible Believers is really a cooperative effort. Uh, The vision began with Brother Ed Biskell, myself, Tim Dodd, I might be, maybe you could say the face of it today, but there's many brothers, many ministers, many people that are burdened for missions around the world. And it's to you that we dedicate this podcast and thank Brother Mark Aho for his support behind the scenes a lot of the time and contributing to the podcast. So God bless you. 
I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. And until next time, shalom. Thank you for joining us on the podcast today. Remember, friends, the bridegroom will not come until the bride has made herself ready. She must be both called and fully dressed by the Word of God. This is the Believer's Faith Challenge Report podcast. You can sign up for our email newsletter at BibleWay.org. Scroll to the bottom of the page where it says Newsletter. Fill in your name and email address and click Sign Up. In this email report, you will receive reports of the works of God in China, in Africa, in South America, in India, Europe, all over the world. We also publish a full-color paper newsletter two times a year, complete with photographs, reports, and testimonies from all over the world. The newsletter is free. Just request it, and we would be happy to mail a copy to you. You can contact us by email at info at bible-believers.org. That's info at bible-believers.org. Or you can write to us at Bible Believers, P.O. Box 128, Blaine, Washington, 98231. That's Bible Believers, P.O. Box 128, Blaine, Washington, 98231. This is Mark Ajo. Thank you for being with us today. And be sure to join us for the next Believer's Faith Challenge Report podcast. Thank you.